Good morning and welcome to the Jimmy Dean Plant-Based Patty Presents the Five Songs or Less Sunday Morning Blessed Breakfast Buffet. I'm Dante Frittata, and with me as always is Egg White Danny. Please take a bite with us as we discuss my assignment to Danny, the original English muffins themselves, Pink Floyd. Good morning, Danny. Good morning, Dante. Good morning. How is your... Your Sunday morning, it's still, it's barely mid-morning there yeah, on the Pacific Coast. It is 10.13 a.m. as of right now. Uh, Sunday morning is going quite nicely. I drove down to Safeway this morning and bought some donuts and some Jimmy Dean plant-based meat. Anyway, the, the, the patty is plant-based. Nothing else is plant-based. Uh, breakfast sandwiches. And they were... Okay. Did you have to like really dress them up yourself? You know, with a lot of seasoning or no? Sauces? I, I went in raw. You know. Oh, you like got to cook those, man. <laughs> oh fuck! That's why. <laughs> I just took a bite out of the box. No, I, I cooked it up in the microwave. Uh, also, um, Jimmy Dean. I would appreciate it if you used minutes and seconds and not just say 70 seconds or 90 seconds. Because if I push 9-0 on my microwave, that's not going to give me 90 seconds. What does it give you? I don't know, actually. Did you do it? No. And I'm, I'm now reconsidering. I bet you the microwave is fully capable of that. Fuck. What, so why I are had you to sit here and get a fucking calculator out, <laughs> an abacus, and be like, 90 seconds, that's... Amanda has <laughs> made you a conversion chart that she magnet magnets to the fridge. Can you use yeah. magnets as a verb like that? Why not? Because it might be wrong. No. Okay. I don't... Yeah. What else would you say? That she uh, affixed to the refrigerator with a magnet? Yeah, yeah, I guess something... Come on, I don't have time for that many words. You have 90 seconds for your words, yeah. which is... Anyway, uh, Jimmy Dean plant-based breakfast sandwich. Meh, it's okay. I'd rather go get the one at Starbucks. Well, sure, yeah. What if you just get, like, the Beyond sausage, you know, patties or whatever, and kind of do it yourself? Mm-hmm. See, I almost did that because as I was standing there looking for the Jimmy Dean plant-based uh, breakfast sandwiches, I saw they had um, just egg, a uh, little like frozen. Oh God, I don't know how to describe. It's like a basically a scrambled egg that you would you would put on a fucking breakfast sandwich. Sure. Right. Yeah. Okay. So I almost bought that, and then I was like, well, if I buy that, that means I'm going to have to buy. Uh, like some Beyond Meat or Morning Star breakfast patty. Uh, that means that's two things now I have to cook. That's too much. That's too much. The convenience factor of those Jimmy Dean things is very high. I see the it's, appeal for sure. Yeah, yeah. It's a convenience thing. I won't be buying them again. Oh. Yeah. Okay. It's even more convenient for me to just go to Starbucks. <laughs> yeah. And how, so you got what, four patties in that pack? Yeah, there's four in there. So, I mean, I'll, I'll eat the rest of them, obviously. They weren't terrible or anything. But yeah, I might, I might, uh, you know, spice them up a little bit or something next time. 
How much does a four pack run you there? Oh, I think it was like six, six or seven bucks. I mean, and that'll get you two Impossible sandwiches. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure it's cheaper. I'm sure it is. No, it but... It also I, tastes cheaper, too. Right, I'm saying I would rather get the two Impossible sandwiches. So another part of your morning was doing a crossword. A little bit, yeah. And you you very much confused me because you sent me a text that I thought was asking for crossword help. No, but you you got the you got the answer correct. I did. So I didn't understand the question because the answer, of course, as always, was acai. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Something about a a it's vowel based berry. A, a vowel. A vowel rich. Vowel rich. A vowel rich berry. And you and I thought asked, it was a funny question or a funny clue. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I texted Dante a screenshot of this and I said, do you have any fruits with more vowels? Pretending, how would Dante know this? I don't know, but I was, I was pretending to uh, be a customer in a store asking a grocery store clerk, do you have any fruits with more vowels? And I thought you were asking that because the app was alerting you to an incorrect entry in the grid mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and that's that because i asked you very sincerely was that not correct <laughs> like because you showed me the grid and i was like it looks like acai fits into what's going across so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then i was like was he just literally asking i was like i mean cantaloupe i think has more but it's also <laughs> longer so like if you go vowels per capita acai still wins it's 75 percent vowels sure boy but yeah okay all right, I'm glad. I was like, yeah, we'll just. I'm getting. I have to ask him on the pod because I don't know what he was getting at. But yeah, yeah. I'm sorry I wasn't um, more in tune with you to play out that sketch. Yeah, if you could start uh, being able to uh, read my mind, that would be pretty great. Okay. So this is all great. I had a you know a fine morning eating donuts and Jimmy Dean plant based uh, breakfast sandwiches and watching. Oh. That's something else we could talk about, but I have something else to ask you first. Uh, watching uh, BuzzFeed Unsolved uh, on YouTube. But more importantly, Dante, Shugay's girlfriend, has officially listened to, I believe, two episodes of our podcast. And a friend of hers also listened. I have questions. I want answers. I, I Okay, I'll do my best. I don't know... I don't mean I don't want to speak for anyone. I have not spoken to um, Shuge's girlfriend's friend about her listening okay, experience. Okay. I it was just sort of relayed to me through Shuge's girlfriend. Okay. So first question: Did you find out the second episode that she listened to? It was me without you. Okay. Okay. Which two two hours and forty minutes? I believe that's a long one. Yeah, I mean, she, you said she listens at uh, 1.5 speed or something like that. 1.2, which kind of bummed me out. Yeah. Because I don't know what my voice sounds like at one point. Like, I don't like my voice at regular speed, so maybe it's an improvement. <laughs> sure. But, like, at normal speed, when I listen back, I can hear the, like, panic in my voice just trying to come up with anything to say because for some reason I started a sentence with no idea how it's going to end. Yeah, yeah. And so I wonder if that that just 
franticness is even heightened at a faster speed. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. She said she still liked me after it, though. Yeah, yeah. So still um, in a relationship. As far as I know. Okay. okay. Yeah. Good, good. Did she have any um, anything to say about the episode she listened to? Did she want to offer any advice? Did she say, Dante, you can't say that? She did not scold me for anything. Good, good. She didn't have to sit me down and explain why my words or actions were... Um, Horrible. Yeah. So I'm texting her right now. Okay, okay. Danny is asking if you have any comments or advice based on your recent listening experience. Cool. So I am uh, interested to know more about what uh, happened with this friend of Shugay's girlfriend and how she found out about the pod. Was it Shugay's girlfriend told her about the pod or she is just a Jimmy Eat World fan? Yeah, n- you wish. Uh, no, she was told by Shugay's girlfriend. God damn it. I was hoping we were just that cool. Well, here's the thing. Like, apparently, at least, no offense, she hasn't met you or know anything about you. Um, but maybe I'm cool enough. Most likely is that she thinks Shugay's girlfriend is cool enough to, mm-hmm. by proxy, be interested in her boyfriend's podcast. Sure. Um, I don't know anything about her musical tastes. Uh-huh. I'm assuming she must know of Jimmy at World to have picked one of those episodes. Yeah, yeah. Well, else why would you? And I don't know which episode she listened to. She just to. really likes puns. Yeah. I'm going to assume Bleed American because that is the one we by far have the most listens on. Sure. Jimmy at World Month. But so the, the feedback from Shugay's girlfriend's friend uh-huh. was apparently positive. Okay. She said that we seemed like cool, nice guys. Uh, That's true. That's true. It's true that she said that. No, it's true that we are. <laughs> I think you are for sure. You no. you are a very genuinely nice, good-hearted person. No, no, I'm not. Where's this dark underbelly? <laughs> right. Oh, oh, right oh. <laughs> I, I'm surprised that's the only tan part of your body. <laughs> How? <laughs> I told you. It's my dark underbelly. So that was cool. I I don't know yeah. if she listened to or will ever listen to another episode, but I guess it was nice of her to be interested enough to do that. Um, still waiting on any response from Shuge's girlfriend. <laughs> For the past two weeks. <laughs> yeah, she hasn't texted me ever since she said she started listening to the Me Without You episode. <laughs> I found this out the other day about... Shugay's girlfriend listening to the pod and uh, her friend also listening to the pod as we were walking into a movie theater going to see Shang-Chi the first movie we have gone to see since 2020 2020 or 2019 2020 since since June 2020 <laughs> since uh, since January 2020 which was what movie? Bad Boys for Life. We saw it, went and saw it for Amanda's birthday. Oh, yeah. I remember you telling me about that. Yes, yes. 
So uh, we saw Shang-Chi in the movie theater. It was very good. Highly recommended. Even if you're not into Marvel movies. I think it's just all around pretty good movie. Do they have any amazing feats of CGI? Like, was it Black Widow? I can't remember. There was a, a recent mm-hmm. big blockbuster type movie. And on Twitter, it was like, it was either the studio or the movie's Twitter account that showed uh-huh. like before CGI and after. But the scene was just like two people sitting in a bar. And so it's like two people sitting across from each other on a table. And then you just uh-huh. see green screen in the back. And then it's like, <laughs> ooh, with CGI. And it looks like there's a bar and other patrons around. And it was just Weird. like, why? Weird. That might have been Black Widow. There was. Was there a bar scene? It wasn't a bar. It was outdoors, but they were sitting there having drinks at like a table. Yeah, it, it was probably that. And it okay. was just like, oh my God, it looks like they're actually sitting down. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Was there anything like that in your movie? Uh, you know, usually when you see the movie, uh, you don't see it like pre CGI and then post CGI. What like, do you mean? While you're watching the movie. Like they don't show you the green screen while you're watching the movie. You you see after they add the. If stuff. there wasn't the green screen, then the CGI wouldn't work. That's true. That's a good point. That's a good point. They do a good job of hiding it though. Like behind the actors. Yeah. Like yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, you have to stand in front of the green screen. Yeah, yeah. So no, I'm not sure. I'm not sure, Dante. Did you know they almost had to change the color of the Hulk because all of the CGI was just showing up on his body? <laughs> It's not surprising. As we record this, I just want to make quick mention. As we record this, it is September 5th. Mm-hmm. September 6th. Tomorrow. Roger Waters' 78th birthday. Happy birthday, Roger. Is. is that like the inventor of water or something? It's the... In- so a very, very talented guy. Not only invented what we drink every day mm-hmm. in order to survive drinking also, right now also invented how you uh confirm something when you're on a walkie-talkie <laughs> yep yep patents on both roger roger oh roger waters um from the who right okay you were gonna say something before i brought up his birthday i think possibly i hoped possibly there's no um, way to know. Oh, oh, here's another thing I wanted to talk about. So the the YouTube thing I've been watching, BuzzFeed Unsolved, they have a few episodes called BuzzFeed Unsolved Sports. It's about potential sports conspiracies. We only watched one of them because Amanda and I both have little to no interest in sports, but we watched the one on Michael Jordan, which oh, was pretty interesting which, about his, uh, his retirement. Oh, okay. Uh, and very short, shortly lived baseball career and then coming back to the NBA. And if there was anything, you know, uh, uncouth, uncouth. Thank you. Thank you. Uncouth about that whole situation. Seems to me that he was just going through a hard time in his life since apparently his dad was murdered, which I didn't know about. See, that's the conspiracy theory episode. I would want to watch is the conspiracies revolving around his dad's murder and potential links to Michael Jordan's excessive gambling. 
See, this is what they talk about. They first talk about the dad being murdered and how, you know, that was obviously hard for him. He quit basketball to start playing baseball because his dad apparently always wanted him to play baseball. And then probably found out that he wasn't very good at baseball and went back to being a fucking star basketball player. (laughs) Um, And then there's conspiracies about them like having him retire because to overshadow potential gambling stuff. Right. Doesn't it go that if he didn't retire and play baseball, the NBA was going to hand down some sort of punishment and basically like suspend him or kick him out of the league? Something like that. Something like that. Um, how, how long is this episode? Um, probably 20, 25 minutes. Pretty short. Okay. I'll, I'll, um, I'll send you a link. It only has one of the guys that does the normal unsolved episodes. Um, so Ryan Bugara is, uh, or Bergara, I said the hashtag, because um, he's the one that believes in ghosts. So his hashtag is uh, Bugara. Gotcha. Ryan Bergara. Uh, and then some other dude. But the normal, the other guy who does the unsolved, um, Shane, hashtag Shaniac, does not like sports. Is not a sports guy. So he's not on the sports episodes. He also doesn't believe in ghosts, so might be still be interesting for him to be on the sports episodes. Well, but he he believes in sports. He just doesn't like them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But there's like uh, I think there was like five episodes on different sports related things. Um, one of them was about uh, Deflate Gate. Sure. One of them was about uh, something to do with Muhammad Ali. Hmm. Um, and there was a couple others, but we, Amanda was just like, yeah, I don't really want to watch any of these. So we just went up to back to the Winchester mystery house. Ah, yes. Yeah. I mean, I probably don't want to watch any of those either. Yeah. I like, I will watch sports. I have very little interest in like most sport documentaries Oh, okay. and like, I, the Last Dance was very good. Mm-hmm. That was very, very fun to watch and mm-hmm. mm, perfect for a pandemic. Every pandemic, sure, they need to do sure. something like that. Everybody. But like the, all the ESPN 30 for 30s, uh-huh. don't, I don't really care. Oh, okay. I, um, yeah, not that's not the sports media I typically like to consume. S- certain podcasts and... And like good writing, I enjoy. Mm-hmm. But sure. yeah, I don't know what it is. I I think there's a lot not to like about sports media. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, the the per, a lot of the personalities that are drawn to that and get that that are successful and get amplified, and then other idiots uh, mimic that or you know spout the same incorrect analysis or or whatever. And it's just, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. Uh, yeah, I have no time for that. Um, well, I'll still send you a link cause. Oh, okay. Thanks. You should watch it. So you mentioned how at first I had a background on at first and then I turned my background blurry and now I'm back mm-hmm. to normal. But when my background was yes, blurry, you said, it. Oh, now I can't see your new furniture, which, uh, is a fallacy. There's no furniture for you to see, but I did do some work in this little, corner that i'm facing that you can't see but there there is something new that i can show you so okay, okay. i was cleaning out my closet the other day and mm-hmm. i found a picture frame 
And okay. I'm not one to uh, have pictures. Okay. But Shugay's girlfriend likes taking photos, sometimes Polaroid, sometimes with this like old 80s, like regular film camera. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so she has some photos. Now, I said, hey, I found this frame. I would like mm-hmm. to put a photo in it. Can you give me a photo? And so she will, but I don't have it yet. So in the meantime, I've decided to be very weird and put two baby pictures of me <laughs> on my desk. Perfect, perfect. The, the first one. Oh, Are you so, praying in front of a Christmas tree? I don't know. So yeah, this is probably like 90, 91 maybe. Uh-huh. So to all those like, handsome Instagram influencer model types. Um, just know that I invented the weird pretentious, like pray your hands in front of the mouth pose. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then you may have seen this one before. Cause I'm quite proud of it. I'm just really, I'm at the beach. Uh-huh. Wearing like those sandals. Yeah. Have. Wearing what appears to be my grandmother's sandals. <laughs> uh, really going to town on some sand mounds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dante was thirsty. And so, <laughs> so that's what I'm looking at now. Mm-hmm. I love it. Oh, nice, nice. Hold on. Hold that pose. Hold that pose and got it. Perfect. All right. Well, it's been 50 minutes. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> would you like to talk about Pink Floyd? I would love to. Okay. Danny, you told me mm-hmm. that... You were definitely familiar with the songs Money, mm-hmm. which sucks shit. Okay. Comfortably Numb. Uh-huh, I am. Wish You Were Here, you think you are familiar with? Uh, possibly, yeah. I'm at least familiar with the title, and I feel like I can, I can hear it in my head. Uh, do you remember anything about a number of goldfish swimming in a certain container? Nope. Really? Well, we're just, too, what is it? We're just two lost souls swimming in a fish bowl. You're, oh, I don't oh, know why I said goldfish. Oh, okay, okay, yes. I don't know why I said goldfish. He doesn't say that. Um, <laughs> but anyway, and uh, you're familiar with Another Brick in the Wall, part two. Yeah, yeah. Another brick in the wall. Um, there were some other ones. I've heard Dark Side of the Moon in its entirety. I don't really remember it that well, but I have heard it before. Um, in what context did you listen to it? I bought the CD from a Borders because, you know, you're supposed to have like these classic rock things and it was on sale. And so I bought it and probably listened to it a couple times and wasn't really feeling it. And that would have been when? Probably 02, 03, 04, somewhere in there. Early aughts. So early 20s? Yes, in my early 20s. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's when we as young American men of a certain background are supposed yeah. to yes. really embrace the classic rock. Yeah. I'm also familiar with Shine On You Crazy Diamond just because of uh, Freezing Geeks. Okay. That, okay. So my, my dad is a big Pink Floyd fan. Mm-hmm. Might be fair to say it's his favorite band. Okay. So I, I heard quite a bit of it growing up. And 
So I asked him, I said, I guess I didn't ask him, I said, I told him, you can give someone who has never really listened to Pink Floyd five songs to get into the band. You can't give them money, wish you were here, comfortably numb, or wall part two. What mm-hmm. songs do you choose for them? He said, Shine on You Crazy Diamond. Okay. Hey You. Okay, I have heard that song before. Run Like Hell. Mm-hmm. The Final Cut. Oh. And Time. Um, and at that point, okay. I, I had Run Like Hell already on the playlist. Mm-hmm. I swapped Final Cut tracks to, oh, okay. to the title track. Uh-huh. based a little bit on his suggestion but then yeah I mean he was right I I re-listened okay. to my two selections and Final Cut was definitely a better choice okay so yeah so hey you that's another good track from the wall um kind of just a really good album mm-hmm. that's that's the rumor that's yes no that's <laughs> Fleetwood Mac oh shit I then said I thanked him And I said, Mm -hmm. my friend Danny just knows a few of the hits, so I'm going to make him a five-song playlist to see if he likes Pink Floyd. To which my dad responded, if he doesn't like Pink Floyd, you might want to reconsider him as a friend. (laughs) And Uh I told him, I will see how this goes. (laughs) (laughs) So, a lot of pressure on this, Danny. Uh, I am going to text my dad. I don't know why I didn't think about this, because I know my dad likes Pink Floyd, but I'm going to... Text him a screenshot of the playlist and ask him his thoughts. Okay. Um, so my dad, also a Pink Floyd fan, um, we didn't have any of the albums growing up. He didn't have any of them on vinyl. We never had CDs. Huge fan, um, sounds like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember at one point, a coworker of my dad gave him a CD with the entire Pink Floyd discography like burned onto it as mp3s and my dad was like all excited about it and like put it on the computer and was listening to it and stuff and so my only exposure to Pink Floyd has been like whatever comes on 96.9 the eagle yeah. like that that station um, right. so yeah that's where I I've heard money and comfortably numb and yada 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 Yeah, it wasn't around the house very much growing up. And so I never really heard them. Come to find out, my wife... What what is happening? Can't tell if it's a motorcycle or a lawnmower. Something is running over his children, but he doesn't know what it is. Just two two motorcycles idling. Don't you know people are trying to podcast? (laughs) Hi! Uh... Hey, we're trying a podcast in here. <laughs> My wife is a big Pink Floyd fan. She was very excited about this. She was, uh, what is the word, dumbfounded or offended that I had never really <laughs> listened to Pink Floyd before. Yeah. She was like, really? Really? And you guys don't talk much, so in 10 no, years, we this don't. never we come don't. <laughs> And And so she was all, we were talking about it, and she's like, oh, I'm going to listen to Pink Floyd today on the way to work. And all this and I was like well why don't you listen to the playlist and so I gave her the playlist and then the next day we got in the car she's like so can I just put on Pink Floyd or do we have to like stick to the playlist I was like come on Amanda I am a good boy I only listen to the playlist she just gets out of the moving car (laughs) just forget it 
But yeah, she was like, she's mostly familiar with the wall, but uh, there's other stuff that she's she's familiar with Dark Side of the Moon as well, and probably some others. But she was like singing along with the the tracks you gave me off of the wall, and she's really excited for when this is this is done, and so we can watch the movie because apparently she watched it when she was young and and probably shouldn't have been watching it, but her her parents had it on. Yeah, so I've never seen it. Oh, really? That, okay. That, Wow, Similar. big fan. Big fucking fan over there. Um, never really said I was a big fan. Oh. I think they're good. <laughs> I mean, yet do I have like right above my desk here, do I have the poster of uh like their album covers painted above ladies' butts? <laughs> of course. Uh some friends of mine, they had their their apartment in their twenties and they had a poster of that. Ugh. That's so, so weird how that was just like, that was like just this accepted ubiquitous rock yeah, poster yeah. for so long. So dumb. So dumb. I'm going to Google it right now just to see how dumb it is. <laughs> but I was going to say like similar to the sport documentary thing, like whatever you would call that type of like musical concept, rock opera type thing. Uh-huh. I don't have time for that. No? I don't think so. <laughs> and yet you like Coheed and Cambria. But I, I guess they've watched, never they've never yeah, made a movie. Yeah, I haven't watched a full-length movie. Yeah. Now, when I heard that like Mark Wahlberg or his production company or whatever like bought the rights to do like an Amory Wars saga or whatever, really? was I exci- Look, I read that on the internet. Who knows? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, I don't want Mark Wahlberg to be associated with them. <laughs> okay, this is good. Do you know what the name of that photo is? No, I don't. The back catalog. Mm. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. No, it's good. Sure, sure. Wonderful. <laughs> and order. <laughs> I can get it off walmart.com. Yeah, you can. Roger Waters would be proud. What was I going to say? Um. Oh, so my significant other, uh-huh. when I briefly and innocently <laughs> brought up Pink Floyd to her, made an extended fart sound with her mouth (laughs) and asked me something like, why would you like Pink Floyd? (laughs) Or no, she said, like, what's good about Pink Floyd? And I was like, I'm not talk. I don't want to talk about this now. After the fart sound, I was, I was sorry. I asked, Uh I guess I'm a bad person, (laughs) but yeah, just, I, it, she said it like, Pink Floyd killed my father. <laughs> and so like she's had this vendetta against them forever. Yeah. Um, so there will be no discussion between her and I regarding Pink Floyd. And I, I mean, it wouldn't ever come up save for this episode. Sure, sure. But man, she made me feel like shit. You, uh, I believe you also said that she brought up uh, Led Zeppelin being better than Pink Floyd. <sighs> she asked, I can't remember what the question was exactly. It was like, it was like, yeah, why is Pink Floyd or why is Led Zeppelin better than Pink Floyd or something like that? Mm-hmm. But 
I don't think she would say she particularly likes Led Zeppelin. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. So that hmm. was interesting to me. Hmm. Okay. You're just making sure you can get it uh, same day shipping. <laughs> well, what's what's uh, not at all funny, but <laughs> funny is I thought the woman who was donning the uh, Dark Side of the Moon album cover mm-hmm. uh, was a black woman. Mm-hmm. Incorrect. Mm-hmm. I was. That would be the paint. Uh-huh. Yes. Rest assured, uh, liberal boomers, these are six white women. <laughs> Don't you worry. Ah. <laughs> <sighs> I hope that that paint is safe, though, to be on the body. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, because I was trying to think of all the, like, bad places for paint to be. and mm-hmm. In the flesh? Welcome to our first song that Dante gave me from Pink Floyd, In the Flesh, off of 1979's The Wall. We came in. What? So how do you think about this as an opener? <laughs> it's the opener oh, of The Wall. Is that what they say at the beginning of it? It is. Okay. okay. How did I feel about this as an opener? This is a good opener. Is it... Uh, I didn't look, and I probably could have... Is it early in the album? It feels uh, like it's the earliest track one. it could be. Okay. If it feels like a track one. Okay. So apparently I like bands that sound like Pink Floyd because it sounds a lot like Elder uh, at times and it sounds a lot like Black Mountain at times. I know one of those bands. Yeah, you do. Thanks to the last episode of this podcast. Go back and listen. Nope. No, a couple episodes ago. Couple episodes like ago, three, three episodes ago, three up, uh, you know, whatever. Go I back some episodes. Yeah. So yeah, there's the tone of the guitar reminds me of of other bands that I like. the The organ sound too, especially Black Mountain and some of the later or more recent Elder stuff, reminds me of that, which is great. I like that. I like that stuff a lot. Um, I feel like every band that sounds like Pink Floyd is just a shitty jam band. Sure. And I don't like it. That's kind of what I thought of Pink Floyd for like a long time. It's just they're like this weird jam band that. Oh, interesting. Okay. And uh, I mean, obviously they have these singles like Money. That's not a jam band song at all. But there's just this like association with like Pink Floyd and Primus and weird shit that I don't really like. It's very interesting how we, I mean, our minds, man, like we get these influences from like 
society and the media. Um, but like, yeah, you'll because I don't think of Pink Floyd in that way at all. Like, they uh-huh. certainly have. And I think a lot of the earlier stuff was maybe leaned more psychedelic, longer sure, songs. Sure. And they still have those influences or some of those elements in like their more commercially successful years. But I definitely wouldn't think of them as, mm-hmm. you know, just I wouldn't associate them with Primus, certainly. <laughs> um, though I did watch a cover that you sent me of yes, yes. Primus doing this song, actually. Uh, yes, I watched a couple bands doing a cover of this song. Uh, first watch Foo Fighters doing a cover of it, which was rockin'. Oh, I thought it was not good. Uh, it was fine. It was too uh, fast. It was fast, yeah. And I didn't like, like that. I only listened to I was really it. confused when the vocals came in and Dave Grohl is like singing. I was like, does he have like one of those theater microphones that's up here? Like, that doesn't even sound like him. And then they cut yeah. to the drummer. and Oh, it's the drummer singing. So I watched that one and like Dave Grohl like running all over the stage and the drummer, the drummer of of Foo Fighters just always looks like he's rocking in a free world. Just like, yeah, yeah, look at my blonde hair. That's pretty much his his whole vibe. Yeah. Taylor Hawkins. Yeah. And then uh, cut to Primus playing their cover and it's just fucking what's the bass player's name? Les Claypool. Les Claypool just going Standing completely still, like just a, a little bop every once in a while. Well, if he moves, he's he's got like 15 pounds of top hat. To <laughs> that's around. true. That's true. It's hard on the neck when you get up in age. I, I just need somewhere in the middle. We've got rocking a little too hard and standing still, falling asleep rocking. Give, me, I, well, give I, me something in between. I liked the Primus cover quite a bit because yeah. as we'll get into, the song kind of centers around this pretty meaty riff. Yeah, yeah. And why not play it on the beefiest instrument, which is a Primus bass, right? That's a long bass. He's He's got his arm like way out here. Bloom, bloom, bloom. I think he's got the neck set a little farther because he plays on the higher strings so much. So it's like mm. easier to get to, I think. Yeah. I don't know. It could just be a I have no idea. Bass. I'm not a bassist yet, though. Did you buy you, one? No. Oh, I'm going to. I need something else that I don't touch to be in my apartment. I already have a nice guitar. I have this electronic drum set. I have a boxed up regular drum set. Yeah. Oh, your drum set is there with you? Yeah, but it's just in a box. Oh. But yeah, I still have it. Like I would, but I don't know when I'm ever going to be able to play it again. I've, I've been thinking about trying to write some some songs. Uh, and I think it would be fun if I did what I wanted and then I could give it to you to play. Because, like, I don't have drums. You have apparently two drum sets. That's true. Uh, Take your pick. Of- we, could, we could write some songs together. It'd be fun. That would be very fun. I would need you to walk me through, like, what I need to buy to record with my electronic set because like i because we were gonna do that new metal thing remember yeah yeah so just copy and paste that and give me one um (laughs) actually not this one because it doesn't have a midi input i need to get a different one as a midi input because i want to buy a little keyboard so i can do some synthy stuff which we'll talk about we will soon i can't i'm sure there's some thought 
that were just like letting float into the ether that we didn't finish, but I can't remember how we uh, got. I do to have an update from my dad. Okay, and, and I have an update as well. But you go first, please. Okay, my dad said Pink Floyd is one of my all-time favorites, especially The Wall. Takes me back to my late teens. Comfortably Numb is my favorite from that album. Okay. Yeah. That's all I've got. It's better than a thumbs up. That's yeah. That's like some context, some explanation. Yeah. yeah. So, I asked Shuge's girlfriend for what her advice or comments were, and also mm-hmm. I asked what episode her friend listened to. And she must be busy because she all she said was, up. <laughs> "My advice is to just keep crushing it." Oh, which is not how she talks. And also not what she could possibly truly believe. So, <laughs> okay. So back to the song. Okay, back um, to the song. Let's. Do you mind if uh, I play the Please. main riff here? Please do. So this is after about fifty seconds of build up. Mm-hmm. We finally hit it, and this is only a like. Three minute and it's too twenty short. second song. Too well, short. but there's a, there's also a part two as you brought up in text. I, yes. You asked if you could listen to the other one, and I lost my shit because <laughs> what an insane question! It's the, the same song apparently. It's pretty much the same song. And then just the, well, what do I want to say here? Uh, the the Bowiest sounding voice. Yeah, just the like, the most Britishy from that time period voice you could possibly hear. Yeah, yeah. It it immediately made me think of David Bowie. Like he says uh, at one th- so like right where right where you stopped it. Uh, a couple lines later, he says, Space Cadet. <laughs> yes. Yeah. In a very Bowie voice. So you thought you might like to go to the show To feel the warmth, real love, confusion, and Space Cadet glow. That, I really like that riff, though... A week or so ago, I read something about Roger Waters saying that riff was almost, it was like tongue-in-cheek kind of, not maybe not making fun of, but kind mm-hmm. of referencing like quote-unquote heavy riffs of the day. Hmm. And I guess there was supposed to be some sort of almost like satirical aspect of it. But yesterday and today, I was trying to find that quote, and I couldn't find it again. Oh, so really? <laughs> I don't remember like where I, I saw it or heard it, but... Like, I think that's a cool guitar line. I like it. Yeah. Also, it's it's fun to play, but hard for bad guitar players because he's, like, bending... Well, it's not him. It's, uh, it would be David Gilmore. Mm-hmm. Bending the shit out of, like, the second fret, oh. which is 
as far as my guitar playing goes, that's not a very bendy fret. Uh, I got another update from my dad. Okay. I have a DVD of Roger Waters' live The Wall concert. A lot, uh, a lot of greats help him, like Van Morrison and Levon Helm. I watched it at the cabin when I was up there by myself and rattled the walls. Goofy face. <laughs> Is that, does your dad, after he's done saying something to you uh, in person, often go? <laughs> he does. He does. <laughs> they actually based this emoji on my dad. That I, I watched a couple live things from the show your dad is talking about. Uh-huh. So f- for this song, the band that, that, okay. And so you saw the Scorpions play in the flesh. The Scorpions? Yeah. Oh, Unless maybe it's a different thing that I watched, but it was Roger Waters playing The Wall, and it was like a big outdoor concert. Was it, yeah. Was it in Germany? I think so, yeah. Might have been the same one. It was like from, I want to say 1990, maybe? No, this was this was uh, in the aughts at some point. Oh, okay. Different then. Different. Yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> and then, yeah, then right after that, it goes into that, so yo, thank ya, might like to go, go to the, to the show. show. Um, it, it's one of those things where when he says might like to, it's like, what were we talking about? It was like back in the Motion City uh, because I listened to that mm-hmm. recently because Shugay's girlfriend listened to it and it scared me. <laughs> um, but we were talking about how there's like one part in one of their songs where you're trying to like remember where that like chord comes. Oh, up yeah, like yeah, yeah. That's in the second song. Which was Time Turn Fragile. Yes, yes. But like, yeah, it's, it's like the, the way he breaks up that line uh-huh. is like, oh, I can't remember how many words he says in this part of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But that's how you can tell, I think, that not only is this an opener, but it's the opener to a very concept album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is it is so rock opera. Like, it reminds me of, it reminds me of, like, The Who. It reminds me of, like, some Queen stuff, some Bowie stuff. It's got that very, like, hey, everyone, this is a concept album. Which is cool. I really like concept albums. I especially got into them when I figured out all the Coheed stuff. Uh, and then I know My Chemical Romance tried it. Uh, oh, was, with, with the Black Parade? No, because I had dropped off but before Black Parade. But they had tried it a little bit on their second album. Three Cheers? Yeah. Oh, I, I did not know that. Yeah, just um, a little bit. And uh, Black Parade might be worth the re-listen. That's a oh yeah, I've gone back album. and re-listened okay. to Black Parade. I haven't listened to it in its entirety. I should probably sit down with it and give it give it some time and and listen to like the story that goes along with. I love that shit though. I just think that's so cool. I mean, isn't um isn't Pedro the Lion big into concept albums, or is there just more like overarching <sighs> kind of themes? Just overarching themes? Okay, and so he there might be. Control might be a concept album. He's just got some pretty big like themes on the songs and stuff. Um, I know the the band we're talking about next week uh, has multiple concept albums. Creeper? Yes. Okay. I was like, yes. uh. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> uh. But I love that shit. I eat it up. So yeah, this was a good intro song. 
I liked it a lot. Amanda really likes this song. She was, like I said, she was singing along. The first few times I listened to, I didn't listen to this playlist enough. The The first few times I listened to this playlist, though, I didn't catch the, <laughs> Dante, don't eat the pop screen. It's, it's not, I know it might taste like it. Popsicle? But it's not a Jimmy Dean uh, plant-based breakfast sandwich. Well, you said it was impossible to eat this. <laughs> Ooh. So I didn't hear the the transition or the break in between this song mm-hmm. and our next song for quite a few listens. They go they fit quite nicely together. Accident mostly. Yeah. I know, but I I have one more thing I want to play and it's okay. it's a it's one line. that i just always like that what does he say i believe he's saying lights oh but it sounds like he says face yeah yeah face face oi face oi oi i'm roger waters (laughs) put another shrimp on the bobby (laughs) face uh, classic, Vice. classic it's British for dinner. saying. <laughs> All right. Well, well, we get to talk in our next song. We get to talk about some synth. Oh yeah, we do. So, Danny, welcome to the machine. Ooh. So I got some more updates. Ooh. Also, more music by women. Don't know how much you've done, but always more. Gotta advocate for my girlies when I have an opening. She's saying girlies, uh, ironically. Okay. Um, okay. Also, I said, I agree wholeheartedly, but you gotta stop calling your vagina an opening. <laughs> uh, yeah, seriously. Okay, so we were just starting Welcome to the Machine. Uh, Dante, welcome to the machine. Welcome to the machine, even. Is possibly my favorite song on this playlist. Wow. I've got two that are kind of tied. Okay. Obviously, this one is up there because there is so much synthesizer. I watched multiple videos of people playing the the solo or lead or whatever synth bit to this i sent you i believe one of those videos you did and i watched it but i watched probably four or five of them uh i was gonna love it i was gonna ask you how much time you spent watching videos or just looking at old pictures of the ems vcs i which i didn't watch any specifically on the synth that he actually used um or that the other synth that's doing the like pulsating sound i didn't look into that stuff specifically i was pretty disappointed that there's not much i mean obviously this band was 
in their heyday a long, long time ago before concert footage was a very common thing, but there was not much video uh, where I could see them, see the keyboardist actually playing this. I think there's some more recent footage, but uh, I didn't want to spend too much time with the recent footage. But obviously just watching random people playing it, watching random people's hands playing it, it's good enough for me. I understand how keyboards work. You do? Like I can't play it, but Mm -hmm. I understand how they work. Mm -hmm. When I looked at what the EMS VCS Mm -hmm. was, I do not understand how you would play it. Yeah. What what's happening there? Can you those break kind it down of synthesizers just basically make a tone and you use the knobs and things to Are you al- saying ton at like T O N N E like they might in Europe? Like they make a tone of sounds? <laughs> yes. Uh it produces a sound and you use the knobs and things to alter that sound, to alter the pitch of it to alter, you know, how much reverb or delay it has on it and all that kind of stuff. And that's that's the pulsating sound that's just boom, 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 going over and over again. So yeah, there's no like keyboard attached to it or anything like that. It just produces a sound and you alter that sound by turning knobs. We were talking about Space Mutiny. Mm-hmm. When I look at this machine, it looks like something that <laughs> would be on the like bridge of whatever spaceship they were in. Yeah. And there's that scene where, you know, the Lieutenant or whatever is like doing something and he leans back and they go, (laughs) Oh no, what I do. (laughs) Yeah. It's just, it's nothing but like fifties mystery science theater vibes (laughs) from this thing. Yeah. Doesn't it have like the little screen that like shows you how it's oscillating or whatever on it and everything. Does it? It had a, but it had maybe some of these gauges. Yeah. Yeah. Possibly. <laughs> yeah, I, I like I said, I don't understand it. I like all the sounds I mm-hmm. assume it makes. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, this song is great. I'm this was a later ad. Okay. I'm really glad you liked it because not a ton happens in this song. Yeah, it, yeah. It's a yeah. longer song mm-hmm. and it's it stays pretty much the same throughout it. Yeah. One of the so obviously I like the synthesizer a lot. Those are the kind of synth sounds I like, unlike the unrequited episode where it was a bunch of oh, kind of synthy stuff. I love these lead tones and all that kind of stuff. I love the pulsating womp, 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 womp kind of stuff. But aside from that, I really, really like the vocals on this song. The way he sings, and this is a song by David Gilmore, I think, is very different for the time period. I feel like so many artists were trying to do more like what was happening in the first song where it's it's pretty, it's in key, your voice isn't breaking, anything like that. And I feel like this is almost the antithesis of that where his voice does break a little bit. He's putting so much like emotion and stuff behind it. But yeah, I mean, I've, I just haven't heard many... People sing like this from that time period of bands that I'm familiar with anyway. I'm sure he's not the only one, but... Welcome, my son. Welcome to 
I know what you're saying for sure. I think maybe the Who did that a little Possibly. bit. Possibly, yeah, yeah. But but I totally hear you. It's, I mean, everything that Pink Floyd does, for the most part, even on a song like Money, which is one of the worst songs of all time, they're always a little bit theatrical. Everything on this this playlist is very theatrical, and that's obviously, well, obviously to me, uh, one of the things that Amanda really likes about this because she likes theater and all that kind of stuff. I'm sorry, I shouldn't have done that. I really shouldn't have. Ooh, um, canceled for that. <laughs> but yeah, she likes the theatricality of this kind of stuff. I I definitely heard the Who like a few times on this playlist. Um, but mainly with uh, the other singer, Mr. Vatters. Yes, that's why. Yeah, okay, whatever. Yes. Yeah, yeah. How many timestamps do you have for this song? My next one is at two minutes. This has to do with the, the music. Good thing we're talking about music right now. Um, I, you know I'm not a big acoustic guy, but... Mixing the acoustic guitar with the synthesizer here is really nice. I think it's a 12-string acoustic as well, so that adds to the grandness of the sound. But they hit at the same time right here, and it's wow, pitch perfect. Just like that slow, like, bring strum of the chord and then the synth going. Do you want me to do that again? One more time. Yeah. Very uh, 2001. No, oh, yeah, yeah. At least the way you did it. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I've never actually listened to this song. I just heard it was good. <laughs> I'm glad this is a song you can sink your teeth into so much because I, I really went back and forth of, will this will this hold your attention? I figured you picked this one because there's so much synth in it, and you know I love that shit. Well, I think that's why I ultimately left it in, but mm. I wouldn't have be surprised if you were just like, oh, I don't know, kind of bored. No, I fucking love it. I want to listen to more music. Like, like this is the kind of stuff um, similar to some of the other bands you've given me where I can just like put this kind of thing on and just like go about my day and have a really good time listening to just these weird spacey shit. So how did you feel or did you care at all about what the song's about? I did not look into what this song is about at all. Okay. We can skip it then. Okay. Then I looked into the meaning of some of the other songs. Okay. But not this one. All right. It's fine. It's one of those things where it's like, oh, it probably would have been more interesting if this isn't what the song was about. Wait, is this one of the ones about Sid Barrett? I don't. So, I mean, maybe there's a line or two that like reference him or whatever, mm-hmm. but I think... I think overall it's it's just about like the music industry and yeah, how yeah. Okay. they, yes. they want to like into this a bit. shoehorn you into, you know, whatever's going to sell and yeah. all that. 
Yeah. How they control you, I guess. A bit of a spoiler alert for the rest of the playlist. Um, but you did not give me any Sid Barrett era songs. Do you, Correct. Do you hate Sid Barrett or? Uh, hate him. Always have. Always will. Glad he's dead. <laughs> Are you not uh, into those albums at all? So again, just like going back to my dad, it was, we you know, we weren't listening a lot to, of uh, Umma Gumma or whatever. <laughs> You know, yeah, like yeah. that wasn't being played a lot in the in the house. And I don't know, is Sid Barrett on that? I don't even know. I, um, I think so, but yeah, I'm not sure. But yeah, I don't, I never really listened to a lot of that era Pink Floyd. Mm-hmm. And then never later on in my early 20s made the effort to go back. You didn't like. And find it myself. Dive in and become like that Pink Floyd fan or whatever that. No. Watches Wizard of Oz. I didn't really do drugs. Yeah, yeah. I never did the Wizard of Oz thing. Yeah, I was just curious about that. I didn't really know. I I, I don't know the history a lot. Like I know that I I've known the names Sid Barrett, Roger Waters, and David Gilmore for a very long time. Uh, I think I only knew that Roger Waters was part of Pink Floyd. I didn't know the other two were in Pink Floyd. Okay. <laughs> until like two weeks ago or whatever, when you gave me this playlist, and I started looking into it. But it seems like with like Dark Side of the Moon and The Wall, that's when they became like this larger than life band. And I could be wrong, but I feel like maybe before that they weren't as big of a band. I could also be wrong. I think Dark Side of the Moon was probably maybe the beginning of that Mm -hmm. era Pink Floyd. That Mm -hmm. was 73. Mm hmm. Wall was 79. Um, Welcome to the Machine was 75. Um, with you like mean Wish You Were Here? Well, yeah, yeah, but welcome, that's, yes, Welcome to the Machine was on yeah. that album um, with Shine On Your Crazy Diamond. Um, and then uh, 83 was the final cut. And that kind of 10-year run is kind of mm-hmm. peak Floyd. Yeah, because, I mean, like looking back at the older material, I recognize those album covers, but I feel like... It was until after the Sid Barrett era that they became like this worldwide sensation or, or whatever. I don't know. I could be totally wrong and just talking out of my ass, which is usually how this podcast goes. But what's your final timestamp, Dante? My final timestamp is 623. Okay. It's a timestamp with you in mind. I like me. <laughs> no, you don't. I know. That's kind of our thing is we don't like ourselves. <laughs> so 623, my note is synthlick. Mm. Just imagine that was digital sounding. There's so there's dueling synth synths mm-hmm. there. Yeah. But the one in the back that's like boom, 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 or whatever it's doing. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll play it one more time for the people in the back who may have missed it. But it's just as like very short little yeah, yeah, dancey. Yeah.
it's probably one that like I didn't really hear it the first few times I was yeah, listening yeah, yeah. through this playlist, and then I was like, "Ooh, that's fun." <laughs> <laughs> Bouncy. The, the ex- definitely. the The last thing I want to talk about is you sent me a cover <laughs> by yeah. the Swiss metal band Kasagtha. Sure. Yeah. Kasagtha. Kasagtha. Cassie of Ithaca. Uh-huh. How did you like that? Did you listen to the whole thing? I did listen to the whole thing. At times I liked it kind of a bit. Uh, and at other times I was like, why am I still listening to this? Uh, I kind of went through the whole the whole gamut. Uh, I, I didn't like the like screamy vocals I, when those I agree. came in. I That's kind like of that where either. it lost me. I liked playing all the synth stuff on like the downtune guitars and that kind of thing. But yeah, it was the like harder vocals that I was like, "Mm." it seemed a little gimmicky for a cover. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Oh, what if we take this old classic rock song and scream it? Mm -hmm. Like, it's like "Mm, that. I don't know. I, I liked the, you know, like the double bass and like the other metal elements that they were putting into it. I, yeah, but same, I just didn't love the vocals. Yeah. But I thought it was it was an interesting cover, though. Yeah, um, I mean that band might kick ass. I don't know. Maybe, maybe. I I uh, I like swiped up a little bit and saw a, a, like a still image of them playing live, and they had like weird costumes on. And I was like, yeah, I'm not going to listen to any more of this band. <laughs> well, that's what you think because next week, <laughs> <laughs> no. In the past 24 hours, all I've been listening to. Yeah. Well, uh, anything left about Welcome to the Machine? No, I love it. It's great. Okay. I hope that there are more Pink Floyd songs in a similar vein. There are? Okay. Okay. Sweet. Next song. Simultaneously a easy and difficult choice for me to make as far as if it were to be on the playlist. Mm -hmm. It's a very famous Pink Floyd song. It's also very unique and maybe off-putting for those who aren't ready for it. Let's Mm -hmm. see if Danny was ready for the great gig in the sky off 1973's Dark Side of the Moon. I was very surprised when I heard this song come on. I've heard it before. Like I said, I have listened to this album in its entirety once or twice. I do remember hearing this and being like, what, what the fuck is this? Like, why is, why is this happening? I had a similar reaction the first time it came on the playlist. Like, Oh, he picked this song. Okay. Interesting choice. Because uh, obviously, for those who don't know, the vocals sound the way they do. Well, maybe I'll play a little bit of it. Yeah, I was going to say, probably a good good time to play something. Yeah. The yeah. vocals sound 
like this. So you just got to my only timestamp, which is is that like two minutes? Where is that like? Where did you stop it? Like two oh one forty four. Oh, two not two oh ten, not two oh ten. But they get the idea where there's these parts where she just like absolutely wails. Yeah, yeah. It's not a scream, but it's like maybe she's in danger. <laughs> and I think it fucking rips. I think I, it's really cool. It took me quite a few listens and then talking to Amanda about it and also uh, reading what the song or the whole album in itself is kind of about, about depression and substance abuse and all that kind of stuff. And realizing that, at least from my perspective, this sounds like the point of a breakdown uh, in a person's mind and this is what is going through their head and I know I've I've felt what is being portrayed here in my head during a breakdown just that feeling like you want to scream like this uh, and then it it reaches a peak and then it slowly tapers off and the um, the vocalizing I guess gets calmer and calmer until it gets it, disappears and just goes back into the music a bit. And the last time I listened to this song, I was sitting right here listening and taking notes. I just felt like this overwhelming sadness listening to this song go through all these different emotions just in those vocals. And yeah, at first listen, I was just like, what the fuck is this? Where's the riffs? Like a fucking idiot. But the more I thought about it and looked into what it was about, uh, it absolutely makes sense. And I think it was a great choice. Uh, I did find out some stuff that um, made me upset toward Pink Floyd, though. Uh-oh. So apparently this woman, Claire Tory, was hired to come into the studio to record some vocals for Pink Floyd. She was paid 30 pounds equivalent of about 400 pounds nowadays. So paid a, a decent amount. Uh, she did two and a half takes, got little to no reaction from the band, uh, left the studio feeling, you know, like she wasn't ever going to hear that again. And nothing was going to come, come from that. Fast forward to the album coming out, her picking it up at the store, seeing her name in the credits that they had kind of pieced together from the two and a half takes a, cut that worked for the song and then later in 2005 uh there was an out-of-court settlement uh, of hopefully a large sum of money to where uh now the she gets proper credit for writing that part of the song 
I just feel like she was dicked out of a lot of money over the years. No, no, not dicked out. Screwed out of a lot of Well, they're, they're British. So I, get, I think it'd be cocked out. Cocked out. She was cocked out of a lot of money uh, over the years for not having proper credit on that album. Uh, because like that is an absolutely memorable part. This is an album I listened to maybe twice before, and that is probably the only thing I remember from listening to this album is her, her vocals on that. Wow. That song. Yeah, no, her, her vocals are stunning. Yeah. And for to ask a vocalist to come in, you have this instrumental track, and you just say, go. Mm-hmm. They didn't really like, yeah, give her any direction. She had no idea what they were really looking for. Yeah, yeah. That is absolutely writing a part to a yes. song, yeah. right? Obviously. Yeah, she um, said on the second take, she closed her eyes and thought to herself, I'm just going to make my voice an instrument and do the Because before, I think she said on the first take, she was like, oh, 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 baby, like that kind of stuff, you know? Mm-hmm probably what she thought they wanted. And they said, no, we don't want it like that. And so then she did it to where her voice was more like an instrument. And it's, it sounds like a fucking guitar solo. <laughs> yeah. With a mouth. Like when they play their guitar, like with their teeth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah thing, exactly. Like they, they talk exactly into the pickups. Like mm-hmm. So l- let me ask you, cause you said you were, you were overcome with sadness. Mm-hmm. If you hadn't read anything about the album, the meaning. Do you think you still would have felt that way just from? Probably not. I needed the context. Okay. Interesting. Because yeah. I I don't feel, like even though it's, I wouldn't say it's an uplifting song, mm-hmm. I don't feel like it's depressing just by the sound, just mm-hmm. by the tone of it. Mm-hmm. And like even with the screaming, and even though in that like there is this part where it, she kind of has her voice, boy, I, I can't, I don't know how to speak about singing, but like she has her <laughs> voice waver, but it almost like breaks into a scream, kind of yeah. like a rattle. Yeah. But it doesn't seem to me to be like necessarily distressed, but yeah. like this, this song kind of, does it stress you out? No, the song itself, the music itself, which I have no timestamps on, the song itself is pretty and nice. Um, there's nothing intense or anything about the song and i think maybe that's what adds to adds to me being able to relate to like everything being fine and calm and everything around her but then just feeling overwhelmed even though it's almost like that sense of feeling alone in those those times of overwhelming depression where everything around you might be calm and fine for everybody else but this is like overpowering your entire life or whatever. So yeah, the song is great. Like the music part of it, the instrumental part of it is beautiful and everything. I don't, nothing stood out because the vocals are so upfront. Uh, yeah, hundred uh, percent. The only thing I'll say about the music is it was written by Richard Wright, mm-hmm. who, an original and longtime member of Pink Floyd, uh, yep, plays keys as Danny thinks he was just <laughs> illustrating. Um, Richard Wright, whose name I had never learned until this week. 
Me too. I had always known Waters and Gilmore mm-hmm. and Sid Barrett. Mm-hmm. Keyboards, drummer. Yeah, no idea. Yeah, who who cares? <laughs> Probably a lot of people. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. But not me until this week. And now, yeah, let's let's give Richard Wright his flowers. Yeah. Wrote a beautiful song. Wrote a beautiful song. He's a great keyboardist. Uh, uh, was unfortunately kicked out of the band for quite a few years, though. I read. What'd he do? Uh, was he, he Richard wrong? He was He was Richard wrong when it came to the wall. Uh, he was not contributing enough, and uh, they asked him to leave. Hmm. And then Did he came back that. in the... Sometime in the 80s or 90s, I can't remember, but... Like after Waters left? Maybe, yeah. But yeah, he came back uh, kind of temporarily and then became a permanent member again. Well, good for him. Happy to hear that. Yeah. Are we done? Sure. Sounds like you want to be. That is correct. I was hoping we would get through three songs by uh, by the hour, and we're seven minutes over that, so we're okay. doing okay. Okay. Um, this next song, the fourth song, was probably the first song I knew was going to be on the playlist for sure. Okay. And coincidentally, could not think of the word I was trying to get. <laughs> uh, it was also on my dad's original five yes. list yes. suggestion, five song suggestion. And that would be back to 1979's The Wall, Run Like Hell. <laughs> Run Like Hell. The first time this started playing, I was like, oh, I've heard this one before. Oh, no, no. I'm thinking of Eye of the Tiger. Oh, sure. <laughs> or it, or yeah, some it, it, song that has that similar. Doom, 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 doom. Right. I feel like that became a popular rhythm and it maybe became a popular rhythm because of this song, possibly. Maybe. I have no idea. Yeah. We're like, yeah, we're not super well versed into everything that happened in the 70s. So if we hear something that happened in the last year of the decade, we might be like, yeah, that started an entire movement and have no idea what we're talking about. Yep. Yep. So I know I heard this song quite a bit as a kid. Then I Mm -hmm. went a long time without hearing it. Mm -hmm. And then I started listening to it again, maybe, I don't know, six years ago or something like that. And I kind of had a similar thought where I was like, this started, you know, delay pedals or whatever. <laughs> sure, and I sure, was sure. like, and I was like, the edge who, <laughs> the or ed- sorry, no, the edge you too. Um, <laughs> but like, this is very much a, a U2 style mm-hmm. riff and, and melody and all that. Um, and I believe at this time, U2 was a band, but they were kind of playing more punk at this point. Hmm. I don't know. I mean, they didn't... I mean, because what, Boy? Was Boy their first album? I don't know any, much of anything about U2. Early 80s, I, I believe, was like Boy and then October. But anyway, yeah, eat it, The Edge. 
Gilmore was doing it uh, a few years before. Yeah, you piece of shit. Uh, why is it so fun to be fake mean? I don't know. Edge, you're fine. I like your little hats. You pull it off well. Is this kind of the only normal song I gave you? Kind of the only normal song. Also the... Mm, no, it's not the song I have the least amount of notes for. The next song is. But you know what it made me think of yesterday when I was listening to it? Uh, a song by the same name? No. Run okay. Like Hell? No. Okay, listen, listen close. Okay. Mega Man. Hold on. Mega Man. No. Yes. Sounds like Mega Man. Oh, apparently, but also. We got to listen to the whole thing now. <laughs> I have to find the whales. Totally made me think of that, though. That's a very, like, I mean, maybe Gojira got it from Pink Floyd, but that, like, kind of sound on the guitar. I think you're making connections that you want to make. I don't, I don't, <laughs> possibly, I don't possibly. think there's enough there, but hey, man, anything that makes you think of that Gojira song, oh, that's so good. Great so by me. Good. The best song you gave me on that playlist. Oh, for sure. So the music here was written by David Gilmour, mm -hmm. one of only three songs on this album uh, for which he received a writing credit. Waters sings the verses. Gilmour just sings the run, run, run. vocals, yeah. Yeah. And this was the last original composition written by the two of them together. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Did they um, become uh, enemies? Well... Uh, I don't know. That might be strong, but we'll get to it on the next song. Oh, okay. Okay. Interesting. I didn't know that. And I did some reading too, which is, a, which is rare for me. So let's, let's get a little bit of that main riff. Okay. And riff might be strong. Main chord progression, main sure, guitar sure. line. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know. I want to see you. I want to see you on that elliptical listening to this song. That's going to get you going. I just imagine like doing that face, like that bouncy and the big smile, yeah. and like a headband on. Oh sure, and like some neon lights. I agree. I like it too. <laughs> and then every time that part comes in, it kind of comes in with a shh. Like uh -huh. there's like this, yeah, 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 and it just the like smell. builds it up and makes you go, yeah, we're back, <laughs> we're doing it again, and it's yeah, it's it's great, I love it. Yeah, this one to me was the one that that didn't do much, and so that's why I kind of ended up with not many notes on it. Okay, because you were saying like maybe Welcome to the Machine was the one that you know didn't do enough for Danny, but this one, I mean, it's good, I like it, but I feel like the two songs you gave me off of the wall are good, but out of context of the entire album, maybe I need that full context to like... No. No? No. I'm Okay, never mind. No, I love this song. This is my favorite song on the playlist. 
there's so many things happening. I I get that for in the flesh. I I thought Run Like Hell was more of a standalone. Yeah, I mean it was a single. Was it okay? Mm-hmm. But you're right. It's it's less about like ooh, let's listen to all the different parts of the song and more about like this is driving and yeah, catchy yeah. It is it is very like. Yeah. It's making me want to do this. It's galloping. It's galloping. Um, my only other timestamp is at 241, mm-hmm. where it's synth time. <gasps> Take it, Danny. Then that that like delayed guitar that's mm-hmm. like fading in there, real badass. But Good stuff. yeah, that's that sense a little spooky. That's kind of Halloween, a little bit music yeah. right there. Yeah, totally. You got isolate that, put it in a minor key. Mm. No, scary. you're scared already. I'm scared. You just peed a little bit. Peed a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and then, so okay, we talked about or you brought up the movie The Wall, which I've never seen. But I just want to read this snippet about uh, this song's section from the movie. Okay. This is from, uh, where else? Wikipedia. The wall director, Alan Parker, hired Tilbury Skins, a skinhead gang from Essex, for a scene in which Pink's, quote, hammer guard in black militaristic uniforms designed by the film's animator, Gerald Scarf. Uh, Pink's hammer guard smashes up a Pakistani diner. Parker recalled how the action, quote, always seemed to continue long after I had yelled out cut. Mm. What the fuck, you guys? I mean, yes, hiring a bunch of skinheads for your project sounds like a good idea on paper. (laughs) Sure, sure. Gosh, what... uh. Look, I, I think Pink Floyd is largely, as far as I know, void of too much controversy, but mm-hmm. that doesn't seem That's cool. That's bad news. Come on. Yeah. Uh, Do you have any other notes on don't. Run Like Hell? Okay. Um, let's get into Watch Together. Oh, sweet. Okay. All right. Ready? Yep. Here we go. <gasps> It's working for you. Mm-hmm. So, Danny, uh-huh. this is not a cover. No, it's not. Okay. <laughs> I specifically Googled Has Coheed and Cambria covered Pink Floyd? And something did come up. Something something with the word green in it. Hmm. 
That picture right there is from the uh, Prizefighter Inferno video for Who Watches the Watchmen. Oh, okay, okay. So what is this? Is this like a demo? Yeah, this is just some unreleased track. Could have been decent electric? I don't know. Maybe, maybe. If I skip ahead, will it skip ahead for you? Yeah. Okay, I just want to get to one part. What's the name of this song? That's right. What I think with all my girlfriends. This is very early aughts Coheed. Yeah, yeah. I was going to ask, do you know like what era this is from? I'm pretty sure I remember listening to this in high school, so... Oh, okay. Early to mid-aughts. Huh, cool. Coheed and Cambria, run like hell. Run like hell. Well, that was cool. I yeah. love that band. I can't wait till December. <laughs> <laughs> December's going to fucking rock, man. Yeah, it is. Um, all right. I'm, well, I'm going to intro the next song. The next song we are talking about off of 2005's Good Apollo, I'm Burning Star 4, Volume 1, from The Fear Through the Eyes of Madness, The Willing Well 4, The Final Cut, off of Pink Floyd's 1983, The Final Cut. <laughs> of tear-stained eye I can barely define the shape of this moment in time And far from flying high in clear blue sky. So you asked if Roger Waters and David Gilmore became enemies. Uh-huh. And I don't know the answer to that. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they if they talk, mm-hmm. if they if they send each other cards during bank holidays or whatever. <laughs> but right around the time of the wall in 73, mm-hmm. Waters started being more and more in control of the band. Okay. And this album, the final cut in 83, was essentially a rotter a rotter Wadgers. <laughs> So you're essentially, to, are you telling me uh, 1983's The Final Cut was was kind of hydropowered? Yes. <laughs> yep. There, it, there was David Gill-less. Oh. It was basically a Roger Waters solo album. Interesting. Okay. And after this album, he left the band. Uh-huh. And was it, what, 85 or 87 was A Momentary Lapse of Reason? Mm-hmm. That was Pink Floyd without... That was a Gilmore-led Pink Floyd effort, as was okay. 94, 95's The Division Bell. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Final Cut, kind of their last hurrah for this era. Okay. I feel like this song, kind of like Welcome to the Machine a little bit, is classic Pink Floyd, understated, yet very big, or very mm-hmm. grand, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. 
Um, I feel like the song feels bigger than it actually is. Sure. Which sure. Pink Floyd is really good at doing somehow. Mm-hmm. And this was also a track that was rejected from The Wall. Yes, I did read about that. Which I did not know until recently. Mm-hmm. Well, Dante, the, our listening audience will remember, I said earlier that I had two songs tied for my top spot. The final cut is that second song. Whoa! I love this song. It's pretty good. I think it's pretty great. I actually thought it was uh, David Gilmore singing until I uh, read that it was not. Because the way Roger Waters sings on this is similar to the way David Gilmore sings on uh, that other song that we talked about earlier. Yeah. The other song. (laughs) Whatever that one's called. Uh, But very emotional, very kind of... uh, it, I kept thinking back to like when we talk about how much I love those like desperate sounding vocals on, you know, when we talked about Funeral for a Friend or 90 Pound Wuss, um, one of one of those bands, your absolute favorite band that you've discovered on this podcast. I knew of Funeral for a Friend long before the podcast. Right, right. That didn't, uh, that didn't work. You're bloody well right. <laughs> bloody well right. <laughs> when I Googled, has Coheed and Cambria ever covered Pink Floyd? The final cut came up and it just said sure. Coheed and Cambria, the final cut. I didn't say the willing well for. And I was like, oh shit, they covered. Oh shit. They did it. Yeah, I can't wait to listen to this. Oh, this is not the same song. Probably kind of like how Run Like Hell for a second. I was like, wait, I already Googled this. They just like to take Pink Floyd song titles and, and tease their fans. Also in, I don't remember which one it is. It might be Fuel for the Feeding End uh-huh. off of that same album four. Mm-hmm. He says, run, rabbit, run. Oh, yeah, yeah. I did read about that. Uh, there's like all Floyd. these Reddit threads about Coheed and Cambria nodding to Pink Floyd. <laughs> Bunch of fucking nerds. You know, dorks. <laughs> um, it's It's tough to say, is this better? Then Coheed's the final cut. I don't know, because uh, Pink Floyd's version mm-hmm. doesn't have a line about using a door for any face crushing. No. Um, that's where they that's where they went wrong. You didn't you didn't insult any women <laughs> in this track and uh, threaten them with violence. Yeah. Yeah. So a I believe maybe this is just me hoping but i believe claudio has said uh something along the lines of oh boy i uh wish i had not written that line Mm. uh when i perform this live and there is a whole bunch of guys yelling that line back to me it does not feel good yeah but here's the thing claudio and maybe he does this now uh don't sing the line yeah yeah change it yeah or Um, just don't play that song anymore i guess no, you gotta still play the song. No, it's a good song. I mean, even that it's a line. real good song. Oh, I mean, I love that line. Like, I relate to it and aspire to uh, follow it to the letter. Um, but yeah, just I don't know. There's other rhymes. Sure, sure. I was thinking about that because we were listening to um, "Misery Business" by Paramore, and yeah. how uh, she says you're a whore or something like that in that song, and they won't play that song live anymore now. 
but I was trying to think in my head, like, how else could she, what what else could she say there? But I don't know. I, I don't know the line, but like Kohi could go like, you always wanted more. You always wanted more or something. I don't sure, know. Sure. So, leave. It, there's so much like cartoonish comic violence mm-hmm. in Kohid stuff. Like, you know, it's all this like galactic war shit. Yeah. Yeah. Fine. Like leave the door crushing line. But just when it's attached to whore, mm-hmm. that stinks. Yeah. I'm just going to say it. Thumbs it stinks. Down, Coheed. Yeah. Stinky. That's a turd. Speaking of Coheed and Cambria <laughs> on this Pink Floyd podcast, Finally. I forgot to bring this up during uh, the uh, Dark Side of the Moon song you gave me. Have mm-hmm. you ever heard the rumor that, uh, or it's not a rumor, but apparently if you push play on the theatrical cut of Fellowship of the Ring and start in Keeping Secrets at the exact same time, they sync up really well together. That might have been something I knew about a very long time ago, like yeah, in 05. Yeah, yeah. I, no, never would bother. <laughs> I've never like tried to do it, things. but I've heard that that's a thing. Yeah. I like those things separately. Sure, yeah. I don't know. The only time I would ever do something like that is if I was with you and we were like, this is what we're doing today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That I could see that being fun, but. Okay, let's do that. All right, I'm coming over. Okay. <laughs> uh, I, I only have one timestamp for this song, and it is in reference to the vocals. I just love the vocals on on that. I love the his voice kind of breaking there for a second uh, when he send, says "crazy dream" or whatever. Yeah, this song is is great. I will definitely be checking out this album for sure to hear what else it's got. Uh, I like the little kind of synth arpeggio part the mm-hmm. in the background. Yeah. Everything about the song is very subtle except for like little things like he'll sing really loud like that. Or there's that like gunshot uh, yeah. in the, in the song. Not as subtle. Not as, as subtle. Yeah. Um, that, that part you're talking about though, it's so like soothing mm-hmm. sounding. Um, yeah. I, yeah, I really like that. Um, I'm going to play two twenty. Okay. Um, it gets very quiet and mm-hmm. this is a vocal forward part. If I show you my dark side, will you still hold me tonight? And if I open my heart to you, show you my weak side, what would you do? What would you do? What would you do? What? Oi! What would you do? <laughs> Oi! What would you do? You'll take me out for bangers and mash. Is that what you do? 
All right, bro, what you do? <laughs> Did you see on the BBC last night? <laughs> BBC Four. <laughs> no, not Bye Bye Say Two. What would you do? <laughs> BBC Four, you selfish li- Anyway. <laughs> last part. Oh, yeah, this song fucking rocks. 308. And then it gets all solo-y, but just that that line, or would you take me home, mm-hmm. and he, that's building, like he's getting yeah. louder, yeah. and so it feels like the song's huge, but then the music is kind of just back to the... <laughs> it's kind of a Zelda melody. Yeah, 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 totally. Yeah. Song's good. Yep. Well, now that we're done talking about the final cut, how about some final thoughts? Oh. Well, yeah, what are yours? <laughs> Dante, thank you. Welcome. <laughs> thank you for introducing me to Pink Floyd. Uh, this was fun. It was, it turned out better than I expected. Cause you know, like I said earlier, I was just thinking like jam band bullshit or whatever. Yeah. Cause I know, I mean, I know that's what you're all about, <laughs> but I'm very interested to listen to more. Uh, I do want to check out some earlier stuff to see what the Sid Barrett era was like. But I mainly want to find songs that have a lot of synthesizer in them and make myself a little playlist and just just synth out, bro. As Roger Waters would say, hey, synth out, bro. Synth out, bro. Bruv. I did not think of a rating in advance. Um, Four point. One. I don't, I don't fucking know, man. 4.1 seconds of summer. Yeah, who cares? Uh, I like him quite a bit. Uh, I will be checking out some more. Apparently, Amanda and I are going to watch The Wall. Oh, wow. That'll be fun. That'll be a good... Uh, that'll take up time on our next episode in the beginning. Yeah, yeah. Um, it is funny that you have to thank me for introducing you to Pink Floyd when your wife of a decade uh, apparently really likes them. <laughs> Never it's come just up. Never before. come up. Never, never come up before. <laughs> How? What do you guys do? <laughs> we talk about Nico Case and Joanna Newsom. All right. Well, Danny, next time. Next time. I will be talking about my experience with Creeper. But after that, uh-huh, uh-huh. you will be talking about your experience with a band whose name I cannot confidently say. <laughs> the beat, Beatle? Beat, beatless. 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 <laughs> the first word is close. It's oh. not the, it's thy. Thy? And it's not Beatles, it's catafalque? Oh, okay. Thy catafalque. Thy catafalque. T H Y space C A T A F A L Q U E Hungary Zone. Huh. Okay, okay. This is some weird metal shit, I assume. Bye.
Check out this mug, eh? Ooh, that's a nice mug. Thank you. Uh, Does it say, but first coffee on it? uh, Yeah, (laughs) B-U-T-T. 